You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It is time for Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Thank you for joining us. If you subscribe to the show, thank you. If you don't, make sure you subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Also, a hearty hello to our listeners on the bet in Las Vegas. That's right, on the radio in Las Vegas with our Odyssey station there. So thank you guys for joining us. It is one of our final shows before the draft, and to do that and to talk about the draft, the Raiders clearly first-round draft pick, number seven overall, and I bring in my broadcast partner, as always. He's a national NFL writer at Bleacher Report. That is my good friend, Mo Moten. Mo, here we go. We have one of your colleagues on tonight to talk about the draft, talk about what the Raiders might be up to and what's going on. Of course, yesterday, finally, the world can sit and sleep well tonight knowing that Aaron Rodgers has finally been traded. Uh, and so now we, we, we can get past that national nightmare and get on to the draft. Here in New York, New Jersey, that it's finally done. People were starting to get nervous. There were rumors that the 49ers might jump in because of their quarterback situation. But I, I didn't buy into the 49ers rumors. I just knew it was probably just a matter of time. Joe Douglas promised that Aaron Rodgers is on his way. <laughs> he delivered on that promise. Joe Douglas promised. There you go. All right. So now <laughs> we're going to get right to it. Uh, our guest tonight is Matt Holder from Bleacher Report. His life for the last, I don't know how many months, Matt, has been all nothing but player evaluation and the draft. It's almost over. And then you get to evaluate how everybody did. But you can follow Matt, by the way, on Twitter at mholder95. Catch his work also up on Silver and Black Pride. Thanks for being with us tonight, buddy. I mean, it definitely has uh, been a long process, and I am I don't think anybody's more excited for Thursday to come and go, uh, or this whole weekend, I guess, to come and go. Than I am. It's been it's been a long process, but I'm excited. I know. Obviously, since I host a show with Mo, Mo multiple times a week, I know what his schedule is. And then he was talking. We talked about having you on the show months ago. And Mo kept saying, yeah, okay, let's get him at the at the very end when he's got all his work done and he's just kind of waiting until it happens. So we wanted to do that. And we certainly appreciate you being here. Scott, Go ahead, Mo. Matt's work is never done. That's and they're they're going to be they're going to be they're going to be looking at 2024 draft process yes. right after. So they're they're just nonstop marathon. I know. I, I always appreciate those like after the draft is over that that first round of stories that hits the next morning saying, okay, let's look at 24. So <laughs> yes. Yeah. So to give you guys a little bit of a preview of what we got going on at Bleacher Report, I to Mo's point, I'm actually writing the 2024 mock draft the day after. Uh, <laughs> after this all over. So yeah, exactly. This is, it just never stops. But yeah. I, 
I'm at least excited to talk about some different guys next year, but no, good to, good to talk about the guys we got going on on, on Thursday too. Yes. And we're going to get into the Raiders uh, and, and Matt also too, you can see he's wearing an Oakland shirt. Matt is, even though he's a objective journalist, when he's covering these <laughs> issues, he's a Raiders fan. So let's just get that out there. So I know all of our listeners will want to listen, will want to follow you now too, because you're part of the nation there, but let's start macro here for a second, Matt. When I ask you this question first to start it off is this NFL draft, of course, when there's quarterbacks, they take a lot of the steam out of the room because everybody wants to talk about the quarterbacks. There's a couple great ones, or at least could be great in this class. Then it kind of falls off a little bit. They have Anthony Richardson, a raw talent who could be great. All that stuff happening. But if you had to sum up the 2023 NFL draft in its totality with a couple words, what would they be? With a couple words? I can give you one, and I think it'll do it pretty well, which is project. I think there's mm. a lot of guys that are projects, a lot of guys that you know, if you look at this class as a whole, I, you know, I've released a, a top 20 or top 32, excuse me, big board for Bleacher Report. And only two guys were on it. And those two were Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. They were pretty high because they're pretty good players. But again, you know, only two out of compared to like, I think the 2021 class had about 10, 10 guys on it, excuse me. And I think at every position, there are a lot of guys who you say, I really like this guy, but you know, he's got this <laughs> thing or he's got to develop. He's got it there. It's a bunch of edge rushers who I can think of off the top of my head, like BJ Ozolari, Will McDonald, that, you know, they need to get bigger against the run. And the same thing with the other way around with guys that are good run defenders um, and not quite good pass rushers and that, that need to develop. And then, of course, there's Anthony Richardson, Richardson too, who's kind of the big <laughs> enigma in this whole draft class that uh, has everyone split who, and the reason for that being is because he's such a project, because he's not a finished uh, finished product by any means. So I think if I had to choose one word, even, even to describe this whole draft class, it would be project. Now, I got a lightning rod Anthony Richardson question for you, Lee. I prepared you for that, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> I want to go back to the beginning of this process, and I know you were at the Combine, so I want to get your your expertise in what you saw with your own eyes, own eyes because it's different when you get up close and see these prospects versus watching from a laptop, from a, from a tablet, watching their film. You get to see how big they are. You get to see how they move, things of that nature. So were there any prospects that you saw with your own eyes at the Combine that fit what the Raiders are trying to do or going to do in 2023. I think one of the first guys that like stood out the most was definitely going to be, uh, was definitely Tyree Wilson one, because when he stretched out his arms to show off his arm length, it like was longer than the podium that he was standing at. So <laughs> that was one of the first biggest takeaways is uh, just seeing how long those guys, that guy's arms are in general. And then two, you know, kind of like what you're talking about being able to compare guys, you know, side by side and size wise, is Anthony Richardson, even compared to like a Will Levis, who's a little bit bigger. And obviously we know CJ Stroud's a little bit skinnier. And then there's Bryce Young, who's the the big anomaly and all that stuff. But seeing him compared to everyone else and si being that side by side where you're like, okay, yeah, this guy is built a little bit different. This guy is very clearly the most physically gifted, uh, physically gifted quarterback in this drive class. Um, and I think those were two, my two biggest takeaways just from seeing those guys. That and I, I was talking about this after the combine as much. But Darnell Washington's neck, which I'm still, I still need to get the read on. I still think it's like 30 inches, something like that. That's crazy. Well, obviously, Matt, the, the Raiders have, uh, as as Mo and I have talked about over the last couple of weeks, the Raiders have a, a long list of things that they need. If you look at up the middle on defense, yep, everything they need, everything there. They still need cornerback help. They need offensive line help. When you look at that shopping list and you look at what this team has to do to start to even be able to compete in the AFC West with what's happening there. And the top two teams, I guess at this point, you'd call the Chiefs and the Chargers. 
Um, can they, first of all, can they address enough of those needs this season to get them in a, in a, in a position where they could at least after maybe this one year of rebuilding catapult themselves into being a bona fide playoff team in the near future? Yeah, I definitely think, you know, the the last part of your question there where you're talking about maybe looking into uh, a few years down the road, I definitely think, um, or a year down the road, I definitely think they could be in a position to compete. Um, one of the biggest things is they've got to get pass rushers, like, kind of like what you talked about, both interior and exterior. Um, you know, hopefully, the hope is that uh, Chandler Jones will find the fountain of youth this year and, and get back <laughs> to his, you know, his normal 10-sack self. But even if he isn't, or even if he does, He's still, you know, what, 33, 34 years old at that point going into next year. And they could use, you know, one of those developmental guys that I was talking about that that, um, that could take over once he retires. And, of course, got to get some pass rush up in the middle. That was something that's been lacking for, I feel like, a few years now with the Raiders. So I definitely think, you know, if they can get two guys like that in a division with Justin Herbert, in a division with Pat, Patrick Mahomes, and who knows how well Russell Wilson can do with the different coaching staff, I definitely think those are – you know, things that the Raiders need to do is be able to f find ways to affect the passing game defensively and get after the quarterback specifically. And if they can draft the right guys, if they can get, you know, maybe a, maybe a Tyree Wilson in the first round or uh, Keon White maybe as a, as a three-technique defensive tackle in mm -hmm. the second or something like that, who against another guy that's a project, then that's going to start to help them build out the, their defense to be able to compete and, and, and hopefully at least slow down some of these high-powered offenses in the AFC West. So let's fast forward to today, right? Well the current right we're in the week of the draft and it's just there are rumors that came out beginning of the week that the Raiders are tied to Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern now I believe that pick caused a lot of uh discussion within Raider Nation on, on social media some people like the pick some people are okay with the pick some people hate the pick I'm one of the people that think it could be a mistake and I'm not saying that because I think Skaronsky is going to be a bust but I think that at seven, even if you're not going to start him at tackle because of his short arms and you're going to move him inside, I don't think it's great value to get a guard at seven. I, that's just my opinion. What, what do you think of those rumors and what would you, how would you feel if the Raiders picked Skaronsky, Skaronsky at seven? I'm right there with you, Mo, uh, uh, with Skaronsky at seven and, and the, basically the same logic. Like I've kind of talked about this on tape, don't lie, with, with Marcus Johnson is Skaronsky is a great player. I think Skaronsky could probably be a good pro even if they, if they pick him at seven. But it's kind of like getting socks for Christmas when you wanted an Xbox or something like that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you get this solid player. Was, yeah, he's probably going to be you know a starter for at least a rookie contract, maybe even earn a second contract. But when you look at the top 10, especially if there is going to be a run on quarterbacks where a lot of these really good defensive players are going to be available, it definitely feels like you're leaving meat on the bone. And the guards that I like are guys like Steve Avilia, who would be available in the second round, who I think could come in and be an immediate starter. And there are a few guys like that on the interior that I think you can find on day two that can be a bigger help. And then with Skaronsky, you know, I can't say I've dove too much into his game, but talking with Brandon Thorne, um, who's on our team over at Bleacher Report, is he views him as more of a guard um, and his projection. And Brandon's obviously someone who I, I respect quite a bit in the industry, and I think a lot of people do too. So again, it's kind of like, I, you, you can't hate the pick because you can never have too many offensive linemen, but at the same time, you kind of can hate the pick because it was a top 10 pick that you're spending on a guy that is going to play a least or a lesser value position. And I think another position too, there again, you know, you could probably could have gotten a quality starter and a, a year one starter in the uh, beginning of round two. So Matt here, let me ask you this. So we're, we're going to stick with this number seven pick. If that's where indeed the Raiders stay and pick. 
<laughs> you probably know from talking to Mo, being a colleague of his, and, and I'm there with him, we are all aboard the Devin Witherspoon train if he is there. <laughs> but my question is not on Devin Witherspoon. My question is on Jalen Carter. If Jalen Carter's there at seven and you're the Raiders, do you pass on him? I mean, knowing, listen, they need the cornerback, but that that we just talked about what they need to do on the defensive front. Can you pass up a talent like that at number seven if he's there? Yeah, it's it's funny. I've gotten this question. It feels like at, uh, almost at least once, maybe probably twice a week for the last uh, month or so since the combines happened. <laughs> and it's and my answer has kind of been the same this whole time. Is um, part of the issue with Jalen Carter, I think, just from an optics perspective, it is it is a little close to the the Henry Rugg situation, and that's not. Mm. I know it's different situations, but. Not a great PR move by the Raiders if they were going to do that. And I could see, you know, a situation where I know Mark Davis is hands off, but he might step in and say, guys, can we get someone else? Can we get one of these top <laughs> corners like Devin Witherspoon, who's, you know, doesn't have a, a track record quite like Jalen Carter's. Um, and I've kind of come to the conclusion of the with Jalen Carter, you know, obviously he got his legal issue uh, resolved. And I don't know if you guys saw the body cam video, but it does seem like, you know, he at least in a bad situation, did the right thing of sticking around. Didn't, he didn't appear intoxicated my, uh, from what I saw, which I know some people irresponsibly reported and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think, you know, that situation is taken care of almost the bigger situation, which is kind of hate to admit a little bit. That's from a certain standpoint is him showing up out of shape to his, his pro day, because obviously that's a big job interview and he flunked it. Like there's no <laughs> getting around it. Right. And obviously he had a lot of stuff going on, but which I think can explain, you know, what could happen. And I think you can justify it because obviously he had things that were a little bit more important than, uh, than working out or than uh, figuring all that stuff out. So I've kind of come to the point with Jalen Carter where if he's there and the Raiders take him, I'll be happy with it because obviously they're getting a stud. And that would tell me or at least lead me to believe that those interviews that he had with uh, Dave Ziegler, with Josh McDaniels and with the Raiders brass went well and he was able to explain it away and they don't have any concerns with them. And at the same time, if he's there and they pass, they're not going to be okay with that too because, again, he comes with a long background. They did their homework on, on him. We know they had him in for a top 30 visit. And at least they went through those steps to kind of cross him off the list in that regard to maybe where he didn't uh, where he didn't quite interview well or they didn't quite like his answers. So it's kind of at a, a situation where, you know, obviously you want to have the great player, but I, I wouldn't hate them passing or, or whatever they end up deciding to do because – those interviews are the biggest part of, of Jalen Carter's oh, yeah. evaluation at this point. And that's something that, you know, we'll probably never have a, a, a an idea of what would exactly happen until, or at least not for a few years until someone leaks it at some point. Bleacher Report guys sticking together in their thinking process. I, <laughs> I basically said the same thing as Matt on the show, that if nice. the Raiders take him, it means that Jalen convinced him of, you know, maybe some preconceived notions, talked about the ledge, maybe cleared up some things that they thought. If they pass on him, that means that, they still feel there's some red flags there, and I'm okay either way. But I want to move on to a more fun topic and question. And I think it it's fun because of how Scott and I feel about these two prospects. But I'll ask you the question. If the Raiders, which if you're the GM Dave Ziegler and you had a chance to get Anthony Richardson at seven or Hendon Hooker in the second round, knowing that you can get both prospects, what would you do if you wanted a quarterback and you had to choose one scenario? Well, Mo, I think I'm going to be on your side again, uh, on this one again because I am a big <laughs> Anthony Richardson fan. And he's going to be a tight end. And I'm say, he's going to be a tight, tight end, man. I don't know. I don't know. He's got. I don't know about that one. But uh, <laughs> the one thing, I, and I was going to say, I'm a big Anthony Richardson fan. I'm also not a fan of of Hendon Hooker, so that's kind of an easier question for me. Um, you know, I think on our BR big board, he's got like a 
sixth round grade, something like that. It's definitely low mm-hmm. down there. Um, the biggest thing with me with Hendon Hooker is he's 25 years old, was a one-year wonder, only really started one year, I think, or started a little bit at Virginia Tech too, but was really, really only good for this one well, this past season in an offense that doesn't translate to a lot of success in the NFL. And he's 25 years old coming off a torn ACL. Where at least with Anthony Richardson, yes, he's a one-year wonder too, and this last year wasn't certainly as good with at, with uh, as Hendon Hooker's was. Anthony Richardson is also 20 years old. Like I can work with that and not coming off an injury. Like I can work with a guy like that. And I think one thing that's underrated about Anthony Richardson's development is this past year, Florida got a brand new coaching staff. So he had to learn a new system, probably had to learn a little bit more new techniques and all that stuff too. So I think where a lot of the stuff that you can get knock on him or, you know, his mechanics, I think that was easy for him to, for it to slide a little bit when he's got to learn a new playbook, learn a new coaching staff and all this good and all that stuff. And as well as, you know, take over as his first year as a starter. So to me, that almost gives him a little bit more ceiling where, you know, you can go to a situation like Las Vegas where he doesn't have to play right away. They have Brian Hoyer, even if Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, so where Anthony Richardson doesn't have to get thrown into the fire and lose some confidence, where I kind of like that structure for him where he, again, he can sit and develop and learn. He can pick up the playbook and then next year have the same, hopefully have the same one um, as he did before, which he didn't have this past year at Florida. Okay, but the important question is, would you eat warm potato salad? Never, never. Okay, never. See, okay, so I'm working so on Mo, that with Matt. I'm Mo, we're on one, we're we're even one apiece. Um, but <laughs> Matt, before we let you go, buddy, and we certainly appreciate you spending all this time with us. Uh, but when you look at this Raiders draft, you know, Mo said it um, on our last show, I believe it was. He said, "Listen, it'll be a good draft if the Raiders get two starters out of this, maybe a third or." even a fourth starter, or at the very worst, you get two two great first-line starters and a third and a fourth guy who are rotation guys that can develop maybe into starters in the future. When you look at that, not only in your position and evaluating all of this talent, but also as a fan, what's this, what should Raider fans and Raider Nation walk away from this draft saying, hey, that was a good draft for us? Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i mean i think i'd probably have to up it one more and go with three starters i think with 12 picks um especially after getting that extra one for, Good point. for darren waller what is that five in the is that five that they have in the top 100 or is it just four four uh, four, four just four mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think with that i think they need to get three starters i think 
Like you look at defensively, you probably need nine to 10 starters outside of Max Crosby. And I think, um, you know, when we look at how much resources they have with this draft class and, uh, you know, who knows, they may even pick up more by trade, more picks by trading back uh, on Thursday night too. I think the Raiders realistically need to walk away with about three starters, which is going to be tough to do, but um, in any draft class, but again, they've got the resources to be able to do it. I, I feel like we're going to, we're going to see them move one direction or another where at some point on, on one of the first two nights and maybe pick up some, uh, extra top 100 picks and yeah i feel like through those uh through those four top 100 and probably first four rounds you probably got to get at least like three starters hopefully get one in the in the later rounds that uh ends up surprising you well good so so now tell us mo we got to get them to to tell us seven are they going to trade down or are they going to take a pick there i think I get the feeling that they're going to end up trading down, especially with the quarterback craziness that's been going on. Like mm-hmm. if Tyree Wilson's not available and Will Anderson's not available, which I think we all kind of assume, but especially if, you know, uh, those two go- guys go in the top five, I get the feeling we're going to get a bit of, bit of trade back so that maybe one of those quarterbacks slides a seven. I think Peter King today wrote a column that said uh, there's a chance Stroud falls out of the top seven, which I'm assuming means the Raiders would pass on him. So if the Raiders are going to pass on him, might as well trade it back for someone that wants to move up and get him. So, yeah, yeah I, I feel like I feel like we're in the the. I feel like that we're we're headed for some movement and moving movement backwards. Nice. Okay. So, Matt, before you go, make sure tell everybody where they can find your work and how they can connect with you. Yeah. So just follow me on Twitter. You can find everything. I post everything on there. Adam Holder ninety five. Um, up on silverandblackpride.com. Uh, all the Raiders stuff going up over there and then doing some NFL draft work with Bleacher Report, like Mo had mentioned. I got my, my uh, top 32 big board of the last years. Got some sli- uh, landing spots with sleeper running backs. And uh, coming up soon, going to have, um, you know, five teams who might be surprises. Not so ah. not the Raiders, but uh, to trade up for a quarterback. <laughs> nice. Not, quite, not going off with the conventional and, and uh, trying to find some other teams that might be uh, in the market with this craziness. Well, Matt, listen, man, I, I, I congratulate you. I've, I've watched you kind of ascend and what you've done, the great work you've done over the last couple of years, as all Raider fans have done as well. And of course, they root for you because you're one of them. And so uh, congratulations on all the success and continued success ahead. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate you guys for having me on. All right. There you go. Matt Holder from Bleacher Report, Silver and Black Pride as well. You can catch him there, uh, too. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Mo and I roll on here on a Tuesday before the NFL Draft. It is Silver and Black today. We'll be back right after these words.